Welcome to Awaken Love, where Christian wives are reclaiming sex. Get ready to break the silence as we engage in respectful conversations, claim God's truth, and hear courageous women share their stories of transformation. I'm Ruth Buses, and I've walked with thousands of women as they've discovered the truth about sex. I want to challenge you to think beyond what you've always been taught. You might be surprised by what God has for you. Welcome to the podcast, Amber. I'm I'm excited to hear your story. Thanks very much, Ruth. It's a real pleasure. So can you start by maybe just ter- tell us a little bit about you um, as far as, you know, general age? Do you have kids? Uh, I am in my early 40s. My full-time job is to coordinate volunteers for an organization that I really very much appreciate. I've been a part of that organization for 10 years. My children are in the latter grades of elementary school, and I am married, and I can share that my marriage is my second marriage. Both my husband and I had been married to someone else previously, so I think that's an important part of the story. And I I love to sing. I love to be a mother. I love a hot cup of tea, and that's just a snapshot of who I am. Awesome. Um, so today we're just going to spend a little time just kind of talking about your sexual story. So where does it start? What 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 was your background with sex as a kid? I was thinking about this question, and as a child, you get the messages of, you know, your body is your own. Don't let anybody touch it. Your privates are your privates. Um, even other words that are used instead of the actual terms, because maybe it's a topic that's a bit too delicate to talk about when you're a child. Um, I heard lots of messages from society as I grew older. Uh, society can tell you whatever they want to tell you. Um, growing up in the church, I am a pastor's child. The messages at that point would have been, this is something that you could be tempted to participate in, but don't, mm-hmm. because that's bad. Um, family conversations would be, were minimal. Uh, conversations maybe to make sure that you're safe. Don't let someone touch you and be careful of strangers and, you know, all of the things that a female should do to avoid getting in a situation where they're attacked but not really a sit down on the couch conversation as to the world of sex in in a healthy way to prepare you as an adult. Um, Yeah, I I was thinking about one of the phrases that I'd heard when I was younger about social etiquette is such that you don't talk about money, religion, politics, or sex. And I've thought about that as someone in my early 40s, that if I did have those conversations when I was younger, how much more equipped would I be as an adult in having healthy conversations, me being able to ask questions of curiosity versus me really fumbling through adolescence and young adulthood, just trying to figure it out for myself. Hmm. So that's, that's a bit of background as to what it looked like for me growing up. I, I had parents that were 
healthy, loving parents who would provide a book. But I feel like I could have used conversations more with healthy, healthy mem- uh, mentors and maybe parents that weren't a bit squeamish mm-hmm. to have those heart to heart conversations. Though I appreciated the books, but I just knew that I could have benefited from more. Sure. Did they, did your parents demonstrate healthy sexuality to you? I knew that my mom had lingerie. So I knew that there was desire within a marriage. I also heard messages of from, I would say, my grandmother that my mom had adopted to that if a man ever touches you in the wrong way, whack him over the head with a frying pan. So I knew that there was a healthy level of sexuality between a married couple and and one time I had accidentally walked in on my parents and I felt mortified <laughs> I think they equally felt mortified and it felt very icky at that young age mm-hmm. but there wasn't that bridge between there's this something that my parents do in private that I know is for a married couple and the really more damaging perspectives of not that I heard this from my mom, but from people that a man is going to chase you around and he's always going to be hungry and you can fake a headache and roll over and all will be well. There wasn't exactly the in-between of let's sit down and talk about what it means to have a healthy sexual relationship with your spouse in a deep and intimate and um, really nourishing way. I, it doesn't sound like you were fearful of it though, necessarily, but maybe, maybe curious. And I, I don't know, there was awkwardness to it. Yes, I was very curious and I actually didn't hold back saying that I was, I use the term hormonous rageous <laughs> when I was a teenager and and my mom would laugh and I mean my dad knew that I would say something like that but I just feel that I had so many questions that I took it upon myself to dig by secretly looking through books wondering is masturbation something that will I will go to hell over Am I disqualified as a pure Christian female because of thoughts that I have, feelings that I have, yearnings that I have, mistakes that I've made? There wasn't enough normalizing of this is the way our body operates. Our body will transition through puberty and you will have these hormonous rages moments. It doesn't make you bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. That, that like <laughs> sexual desire is normal and, and we get to choose what do we do with that and how do we handle it but I, I think there are a lot of people that, that feel like it's wrong to even have any desire yes mm-hmm. and if you have leaders that speak to sex 
being bad before marriage and necessary during marriage, how do you mentally transition? And who's there sitting with you as a young person to say, I felt this way too. Hmm. No one talks about what they've felt, what they've experienced, what would be quote unquote an accident or a mistake or what they would consider poor behavior. I felt like everybody else probably had it together. Everybody else probably remained intact as a virgin, as a pure individual, spiritually minded all the time. And they entered into this marriage as two very pure, holy, you know, hearing your temple is holy, that's your body. <laughs> and I think, wow, I just have missed the mark then. Hmm. So I'm confident that I'm fast forwarding a little bit and saying this, but when I came across your book, Awake in Love, I thought, oh my word. I wish that I had this woman in my life when I was younger who was confident to just talk about anything mm. and to help me to feel that I have not done something wrong. I am a normal individual exploring something that has the power to either completely destroy you or the power to make you feel so empowered and enriched when you look at sexuality as God designed for me as a woman. Yeah. And that just turned everything upside down for me in a very healthy way. Can we go back just for a second? Um, so as, especially as a girl growing up in the church and um, it, it, having sexual curiosity desires how did that feel as far as like were you aware of different messages to boys versus girls absolutely and to be honest unfortunately there were stronger messages in the church which i feel should be a safe place where you felt shame versus society seem to be okay with whatever. I'm not saying that we should feel okay with whatever, mm -hmm. but what I felt in some of the church, I'm not labeling all churches this way, mm -hmm. but some leadership members that I encountered, either you were the victim of a bad boy mm -hmm. when I equally engaged in some sort of sexual behavior, I was coddled because I was the victim. And I actually heard terms of he can't keep his pecker in his pants. Mm -hmm. You are labeling a boy who is as equally curious and out there on their own trying to navigate hormones. So there's that or you don't have a healthy amount of control and God looks for you to remain in control. Okay. So either I'm a victim or I'm not good enough 
because I've not maintained a level of control or I am labeled promiscuous, which is negative, had a negative connotation instead of you're a curious individual and your body is changing and your thoughts are changing and you are preparing to, in time, engage in a sexual relationship with your husband. I heard all kinds of things. I remember being yelled at across a church parking lot because I was about to get in a car with a boy who was giving me a ride, just a ride. There seemed to be neon lights of danger, danger. You are at risk of doing something bad. You need to be separate from the male sex. So these types of messages, I feel, Ruth, when I then was in a setting with a male, my brain would go, danger, danger. You are in a setting where there is the potential to really mess up. I didn't grow up with brothers. So even in my workplace, there are no men. The closest male relationship I have is with my husband. So I feel that even now, in my early 40s, in a very sex- healthy sexual relationship with my husband, I often hear in my brain, you are in a room with just a few men. Danger, danger. There is the potential of you doing something bad. That's, that's really a shame hmm. that my brain is triggered in that way to this day. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, what about transition uh, to marriage? What did that look like for you? I certainly was looking forward to being married um, it, with my first husband, we had received the book Sheet Music by Kevin Lehman. Mm-hmm. Now that was 20 years ago almost. So I'm a little foggy in all of the details, but I remember it being very insightful to equip us. But I still never experienced someone after honeymoon or in the first few months of marriage or the first few years anyone ever saying how are the two of you doing in your sexual relationship a very surface level conversation how are things must be doing great but you can't wait to start a family (laughs) but we have we have no guidance what we learned was either through that book kevin lehman's sheet music or whatever we found or had heard through society magazines what we saw in uh, movies, television shows. Mm-hmm. I remember in our honeymoon feeling a bit deflated because I felt there should be this magical aura. <laughs> we, we should be feeling on top of the world, but are feeling a little bit frustrated and it doesn't seem like the movies. So I'm not saying that I had a negative time mm-hmm. with my first husband sexually, but I also realized how informed it was by society's model mm-hmm. of what sex looks like, should feel like. A lot of mixed messages that didn't help. I guess I'm a little curious too about like the transition to your second marriage. Well, with a second marriage, um, there comes age, 
there comes experience, reflecting. And between my first marriage, which I have to say ended because of an affair, my ex had an affair, that in itself does not help with trust moving forward with another relationship. Yeah. As you start to date, and as you commit with the person that you've fallen in love with to marry, that I wrestled with that sometimes, but with therapy, um, reading books, and having a really good relationship with my second husband in terms of communication, we were able to just put a lot out there on the table and say, this is what we're coming with. This is what we're triggered by. And this is what we'd like God to restore um, and really change up for us. So I feel that there have been growing pains for us. Uh, you bring baggage with you. Sure. You bring experiences with you. And those don't disappear when you close your bedroom door and make love. Um, so I, I was ready for us to have a deeper relationship, sexually, spiritually, the chemistry, all of the things in this second marriage than what I realized were missing in that first marriage. Inviting God into it much more, actually, as well. Mm -hmm. uh, it sounds like you're also saying that, that you we're much more open in your second marriage as far as really communicating, being honest with each other. Yeah. yeah. To the point where I felt it was important to even talk about what I wish I what I wish I could have done differently, not to beat myself up or seek, um, seek attention, but just recognizing I really wish that I had done things differently so that I don't have images of other men in my head. I, wow, would that have been amazing to have only had my current husband as my only partner. But I also appreciate what God has taught me in those past experiences, uh, helping me to see what was I looking for um, what did, what was I looking for in a relationship when I was single and I regrettably, uh, had a sexual experience with someone that I didn't know very well. And I think, wow, I am such a mess up. I'm such a screw up. My expectations are so much higher for myself. How could I fail so miserably and, and go to a Sunday service with such shame, Ruth, that I would sit at the back of the church and when I think through these experiences that held me really in this bondage of shame for so long that I felt that God would look at me and say, you're completely disqualified. But I can look at that and say, all of the people in the Bible that we hold in such high regard are the broken people. He used them, their story, their life experiences, he pulled something out of it to maybe help other people. So I, I feel that in my experiences that I've had, it almost makes me a, a, maybe a bit more relatable 
to a, a lot of other people that feel that they're broken. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not broken. We just have very different stories. And God still calls us his beloved child. That's what I had to work through in my second marriage. A lot of shame and regret and wishing I had just done life so differently. But I, I've come to this place of knowing that he wants me to talk about these things because there are other people that are just like me. And if my shame were to cause me to withdraw, God may not have the same opportunity to comfort and support and just come alongside other people that have been like me that feel like an utter failure. I'm not an utter failure. I I just have a story. Right. And, And He's much better and much greater than my story. So has God started using your story? I feel more comfortable having conversations with people. I I, I almost feel this propensity to <laughs> to ask people, "How are you doing?" <laughs> uh, but but I, but I don't want to bombard people. I don't want them to be afraid of me. But I recognize that need that I had for myself. I hear of women talking about how they wish things were different. And I feel that's my opportunity to say, I've been there, or I am there. Or someone who said that one time with a boyfriend, they were giving this young man oral sex, and they didn't, he didn't realize that she had tears streaming down her face. It was something she didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't need somebody saying, oh, you were bad, or oh, you were wrong, or that's terrible. You messed up. She needs somebody to come alongside and say, I'm, he- I'm here with you. That must have been really difficult. Yeah. And just sit. It doesn't mean I have to have all of the answers, but I'm finding more and more as I'm open to being open, tactfully, sensitively, mm-hmm. People are opening up and sharing things that have been sitting with them for far too long that's been painful. Yeah. So maybe that's, he's brought me to that place for myself in my early 40s, that he knew that my story would not render me a failure. Yeah. But would create a place for him to be seen and be heard and what his design is for us as women and in sexual spouses. Yeah, awesome. Um, what have been some of the hard spots or, or the areas of growth as far as sexuality and marriage? Like what, what mm-hmm. caused you to go after growth or healing? Well, I was curious because not enough people seem to be having the conversations. In fact, nobody really seemed comfortable in in my church. There's been one time in almost 10 years that I've attended that there has been a sermon series that lasted three weeks. So if you consider that I've been there faithfully for 10 years, And that little amount of time has sexuality been touched on. It just felt as my children get older that there's a huge gap 
of healthy information. How do I explain this to my children and bringing God into the conversation? Society has such a loud voice when it comes to your sexuality, and it starts at a very young age. So I was hungry to learn, one, how to communicate with them, and two, just hungry to be around other people, to have a conversation that we know it's on everybody's mind. (laughs) And I know many, many, many married people. It has to be a part of the story of their life, isn't it? Am I the only one (laughs) that is experiencing this? So for me, it more so started with a couple that we went over to their home and she mentioned that she had participated in an awakened love session. And I thought, well, that's, that's amazing. And she talked about the, the truth about sex that will transform your marriage. And though I've appreciated having sex with my husband very much, I thought, well, if there's sessions out there, this would be great. So I just pursued for my own interest information, your book. And I knew as I was flipping through the pages, reading it, pouring over each chapter, I can't keep this quiet because this is so impactful. It's so, it's so necessary. So I wanted to experience healing for myself as a woman that had this heavy shame of being someone that I wish I'd done it all much better <laughs> and realizing that yourself and other people are out there saying, heck, we wish we'd done everything differently in our life, whether it be cooking that casserole or I wish I didn't touch that boy when I was 13. Um, we we all search to be doing things better, but God isn't saying I want you to be perfect. And so I wanted to explore what does that look like even within my marriage and having more conversations with my husband. Yeah. And and, and thinking a man, what we've heard is that a man wants to have sex. And that's how he feels emotionally attached. A woman wants to feel emotionally attached and then she'll have sex. So I know for men and women, their goal seems to be the same, but they're struggling to meet in the middle. And a woman says, fine, I'll have sex with you. And a man's like, oh, this is great. She's having sex, but she doesn't really seem to be into it. (laughs) How can they come together to meet that desire that they both have when it comes to really communicating about it with each other? And that has totally changed my perspective that Steve, my husband, wants to communicate with me. And it can look like a sexual experience. And I want to communicate with him. And sexually, we can find that. We can meet there in the middle. It's just been so enriching. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think about sex as just another language another form of communication really yes and um, we can use words to communicate we can communicate well with words we can communicate in negative ways with words that are uh, that are not loving and the same is true with sex right it's not just about having sex because we can have sex in destructive ways within marriage 
or we can have sex in ways that are meaningful and good and loving. Yeah. 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 Yes, absolutely. Uh, I feel that for my husband and I, we're experiencing the health of sexuality in marriage. We're experiencing how the Holy Spirit can impact us in coming together to make love. That was his design. It, it wasn't just, I have this feeling I'm just going to go to anybody out there and have this feeling satisfied. It's to feel as though you are fully known, fully understood, completely vulnerable and accepted. When I put those two and two together, that my relationship that I have with Christ is much like the relationship I have with my husband, that was mind-blowing. When I was struggling with trust, with my husband, no fault of his own, but my past experience. I also was struggling with trust with Jesus. Is he really what he says he is? Is this real? (laughs) Does he just say that he loves us deeply, but he actually wishes I looked different, I sounded different, I was better at A, B, and E? No. Nowhere in the Bible do we experience God saying, you could be better if. (laughs) And when my husband says to me, even though I'll struggle with my body at times, I think, oh my, I feel bad because this is the only body he has to play with. (laughs) And I have felt myself I know I've said that. I I do feel for him because this is really all that he has. But he chose me. Mm. And if I trust that what he says and trust that when he says he desires me and he wants me, and I see that play out in my mind between my relationship with Christ, when I give myself over to that, my husband wants me, he desires me. Jesus wants me, he desires me. And I surrender to that. I've only ever felt healthier. I've never felt worse Hmm. for being receptive to that. And Hmm. that just became a definite huge transition for me as an individual, as a woman, and feeling wanted. Our, our flesh will still desire uh, or struggle with that. I'm not saying that I am completely transformed, but I am starting to see God, see my husband in a different light. They truly want to be with me. Hmm. So has feeling chosen both by your husband and by God, has it changed the way that you live life? outside of even marriage or sex? Yes. It's helped me with confidence. Mm -hmm. It's helping me to feel like I am a valued member of either society or I, I, I am a valued mother. I have value in my workplace because there has never been another Amber like me. Nor will there ever be another Amber like me. It's impossible. 
I have this one opportunity <laughs> to shine bright. <laughs> so that I have to hold on to. I have been created like no other person. Mm. And I want to, I want to do me well because it pleases God. It pleases my husband when they see me blossom into what God has intended me to be. Um, has working on your sex life impacted your marriage, it, like overall? Yes. Because I it sounded like you already had like really strong marriage, good communication, really open, honest about things. I feel it's getting better because there's so much to explore. There's still so much to communicate between each other. We'll still encounter times where we feel like, okay, <laughs> we got to hit the reset button and be a bit more intentional to connect with each other, mm -hmm. to spend time just talking. And that can either um, increase arousal for us, to reduce distractions. And to be honest, I don't adopt that notion that um, if you just fake it, it's okay, you can get by. I can't do that. I, I cannot do that. I have to be very honest. And I'm very blessed that I have a husband that is journeying with me in exploring sexuality and marriage and we can have these conversations of yes i have this urge it's just not a good time and that can be respected and we revisit that well something that you had said that we i am practicing is to be interruptible i'm thinking mm -hmm. of that with you for us too because if we can be interruptible to for god to use us and guide us. We have no idea where that's going to take us in our relationship with him. And if I can also practice being interruptible with my husband, it doesn't mean that every time I'm going to say yes, absolutely right now. But if I can see where he's coming from, what he wants to communicate, what he needs from me right now, I very rarely will say no. And it just be a definite no. Mm -hmm. Because I understand that in our relationship, there's going to be these times where we could serve each other and grow from the other person's perspective, communicating well, of course, but if I can be interruptible to my husband, for my husband, it's actually built his confidence. Sure. And there's a difference between communicating in a healthy way Oh no, I, I just got my hair all done. I'm late for work. <laughs> it's not a really good time right now versus don't touch me. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in you. That's different. Yeah. So we, we're growing all the time and we have a, a, a lot more room for growth. God has a lot to explain to us and show us as a couple. Hmm. You mentioned earlier uh, part of the impetus for for this journey was wanting to talk to your kids about sex 
and, and, and do things differently than maybe your parents had. So, um, I don't know how, how has that, how has that played out for you? It's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have decided that I will not ever turn them away from any question that they want to ask. I work hard to keep my facial expressions very <laughs> neutral and, and relaxed and anything that either of them ask, I have one male, female for children, son and daughter. And that dynamic is very different between the two of them and what questions they have based off of what they've heard. I feel a responsibility to be someone that they can be comfortable to talk to no matter what the topic is as their mom. Because if I don't talk about it, inevitably, so many other people will. I'm not saying that I'll have all of the answers, but I'd like a shot at being able to talk to them about what sexuality is, what they may feel. It's okay to have questions. It's, it's okay to be wondering. And, and let's really unpack some of those maybe stereotypes they're hearing. Let's address the lies that are out there. And I feel it's important for me to have conversations with them before others get to them. I know that sounds, <laughs> that doesn't sound very nice, but truly, there's a lot of information that's coming at them as young people. Mm -hmm. And it's not good information, or it's before they're really ready to understand it fully. And it can impact them in, in negative ways, a lot of the content that kids are exposed to. Yeah. I, I just think that's that's amazing the um, the choice that you are making to do things differently than your parents, um, and it's not easy. And I, admittedly, it can come from a place of fear that if I'm not the person there, it's that protective mother <laughs> side of me. If I'm not there, someone else will potentially just ruin things for them. Mm. And God has to work on that for me because they are his kids. Uh, my dad would say to me, you know, Amber, there's a, there's a little book on God's shelf with your son's name on it. He's writing that story. And there's a book on God's shelf with your daughter's name on it. And he's writing her story too. You're not the one fully responsible for all of the things in their life. But I really want to do my best to help them navigate what I felt was a very difficult time for me as a young person and young adult too. Yeah. Um, so what would you like other women to understand from your story? Hmm. That's a good one. That's a good question. I feel that if people are wrestling to, to seek out maybe talking with a counselor. Um, gosh, definitely seeking out the Awaken Love book or any of those resources that you provide. If there's someone that you trust to talk to, yeah. to start a conversation, even when you feel, 
oh my word, what is this person going to think about me? We all are experiencing these dynamics in our lifetime at one point or another. Whether it be that you're seeking to learn, you want to work past trauma, challenges in your life. I feel from my situation, God has a lot in store. And what we may feel is, well, this is the end of the story. Great. <laughs> I'm all alone. I have messed up or, oh, it's not the end of the story. And there are people that are in the same boat that are wanting to have these conversations because as I just gently start these conversations, it's amazing how many women felt or are feeling or experiencing the same thing that I and and we're just hungry to experience health in the sun. If you want to experience more healing in the area of sexuality, then pick up a copy of my book, Awaken Love, on Amazon. In the book, you will hear my story of um, transformation along with many of the women that I've taught in Awaken Love classes. You will, um, I think, be filled with hope that God can transform your life, that he can make you whole. The book will help you decipher and discern the lies that you've believed about sex and will help you to embrace God's truth for sex.